Prepare yourself to discover a world of terrible movies. High above the planet Geekery, a group of intrepid explorers hover over the dangerous planet in their fabulous super-orbital spacecraft. Their mission? To conduct a complete analysis of movies known throughout the universe as terrible. So grab your space popcorn, grab your freeze-dried ice cream, and join us for today's mission of Discovery and Wonder. Are these movies better than the galaxy thinks? Or do they really belong on the bottom shelf? What's up, everybody? It is your favorite DM of a different podcast. It is me, John Haru, and you're listening to another episode of The Bottom Shelf, the ep- the show where we watch bad movies so you don't have to as a part of the Geek Devotions Network, the network dedicated to letting people know that they are loved. So if you do not listen to anything past this point of the podcast, just know that you are loved, you are cared for, and there is a purpose for your life. That being said, again, I am John Haru, and with me this week, as like the last episode, we have Squid Zerwinski. Hi. Hey, what's uh, up? Branson Boykin. Howdy, howdy, guys. How's it going? Kevin Burnham. Hey. And Ren Michelle. What's up? What's up? <laughs> uh... So, Kevo, why don't you go ahead with your lovely, lovely mouth and tell us about the movie that we are watching this episode. With my lovely mouth? What what are you trying to pertain for that? What do you mean by that? (laughs) (laughs) Bye, you sure have a pretty mouth. I just watched that movie again two weeks ago. I've never seen. I've I've never actually seen Deliverance. To be perfectly honest, that's Hmm. surprising. I thought that'd be one of your like all time favorites. Yeah. What are you trying? What are you hinting at here, Branson? It's got music. It's got banjo. It's got a bunch. We promised we wouldn't talk about that here. (laughs) I hope you guys are doing pretty well. I'm not. I'm not really feeling that well. You know, especially since we watched that last movie, and I've just been dealing with a lot right now with my property. Pretty, pretty traumatic. Yeah. I mean, I, I hired this person to um, cut my grass because I'm going through a lot with the whole acting and everything else. I had to mm-hmm. fire him because he just didn't cut it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let me just go through these movies because I, um, since we're still under Shark Month, I know there's another shark movie. So I know it's in there. Okay. Just give me just one second. It's right. <clears throat> There we go. Huh. Um, the Meg. I've been waiting to see that. I've not, I've not actually seen it. I was, I was a little bit shocked because I thought it did pretty well at the box office and I thought it did well with critics, but I guess it didn't because it's here in the dumpster. I mean, it doesn't break. I think it's like at five point something on IMDb. Let's go ahead. Is it really? Huh? Yeah. Let me go ahead and pull it up here real quick. 
Because, you know, for some reason, as I dig to these movies, I'm always expecting to see Marvel films and Disney films in there. And I know they're in there. I'm just not finding them right now. 5.6 on the IMDb ratings. Hmm. Okay. Well, it is a Warner Brothers film. And let me see. It is rated PG-13. It runs for 113 minutes. It is a film by John Turtletop. Wait, John Turtletop? Isn't he the one who did National Treasure? National Treasure 2? Wouldn't know. Haven't watched them. I I actively avoid Nicolas Cage movies where I can. You have actively avoid almost every movie. Okay. Anyways, unless if it's John Carpenter, because you just got a weird fling with that guy. I would kiss him on the mouth. I bet you would. I bet you French kiss him while you're at. Okay. Anyways, I would. This, <laughs> this movie is starring Jason Statham, Lee Bing Bing. Wait, is that a real name? Okay. I'm it's Bing Bing Lee. Bing Bing Lee. Mm-hmm. See, they, they have it written on this blue case opposite. They put Lee Bing Bing. Anyways, has Rain Wilson. Oh, hey. It has that guy from The Office. Okay. Um, Ruby Rose. Oh, yeah. She's the Australian supermodel. Uh, what? You know? She's cool. Okay. Um, Winston Chow and Cliff Curtis. It is directed, like I said, by John Turtletub. It is produced by Lorenzo D. Bonaventura, whatever that is. Yeah, that. Sorry. However that was. I, I don't know. His name is like, you know, 25 letters long and the last name. Uh, maybe he's from Wales. <laughs> You're so funny. Maybe he's from the book of Leviticus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. I don't have anything else on this on this Blu-ray. I mean, on the, on the back it says big shark, big action, big fun. Maybe that's... That's all it says? Yeah, that's what it says in the back of this. No other words other than big, sharp, big action, big fun. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I forgot to read the description. How? how, 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 This one actually has less paragraphs. This is only one paragraph from the last movie we did. Um, It says, when a massive creature attacks, a submersible, um, the crew becomes trapped at the bottom of the Pacific's deepest trench to save them from the clutches of the Megalodon. A prehistoric 75-foot shark, once believed to be extinct, a visionary oceanographer, recruits expert rescue driver Jones Taylor, teamed with the oceanographer daughter Suen. Taylor must try to outwit the greatest predator alive, a killer he's faced once before. Was that it? That's all that's on the back of the box? That's all that's on the box. Usually there's more. I can verify. Yeah. All right. Well, with uh, Ren verifying... Let's go ahead and uh, talk about our expectations going into this movie uh, before watching it. Oh, yeah. I just remember something. I think um, since Dallas is not here, he emailed you something about some taglines or whatever it is now. That is correct. Uh, for our crowd participation, uh, Dallas did act, ask rather, uh, our audience. What a sweetheart. If they, if they could, if they could. Uh, come up with some taglines for this movie. Uh, and we got four here. Uh, one from our friend Dale White uh, says, a shark movie you'll get a kick out of. Okay. Um, also, another uh, friend of the podcast, A.C. Peckham, not actual size. And Dale, <laughs> okay. yeah, Dale came back and uh, said, if that other movie didn't make you feel safe to go back into the water, this one will. All right. 
and then Andrew Simpson said the Griffins always made fun of her, but now she's back for blood. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So there's that. Let's go ahead and dive into our expectations. Squid, what are your expectations for this movie? Well, I love shark movies, as we learned in the last episode. (laughs) And I love Jason Statham. So I think this will end up nicely on my shelf of Jason Statham movies in the middle of my movie shelf. Right next to Wrath of Man. Right next to Wrath of Man. and You need to watch that. Need to finish watching that. Um, Yes, you do. Oh, is that bad? (laughs) Such a good movie. Right next to Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, actually. (laughs) All right. Uh, Branson, what are your expectations for this movie? You know, uh, I'm still kind of traumatized from the last shark movie we watched. Uh, But the fact that Jason Statham is in this one means there's at least some modicum of quality. Um, the the Jason Statham movies that I enjoy are the fun popcorn movies like, you know, the transporter and, and things like that. So and I I enjoy watching a movie that doesn't make me think too hard. And yet you didn't like Sharktopus. That was different. There's a difference between <laughs> I don't have to think to get it. And I actually feel my IQ dropping the longer I watch this. Um, besides Shark Tarp, Shark, Shark, or whatever. It didn't have Jason Statham. He was talking about Jason Statham, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, li- I like action movies that don't make me think. Uh, oh. Because that's, that's why I go see movies is to escape. I don't want to be morally challenged. I want to be entertained. So let's let's go ahead and have this thought experiment. Could could Jason Statham in Sharktopus have saved that movie with that script? No, it would have made it more enjoyable. <laughs> I would have liked it more. <laughs> I don't know. I would have liked it more if John were in it. He's a great leading man, but I don't think he could have saved that. <laughs> there would have absolutely been at least two more fist fights with a shark if he was in that movie. though. <laughs> I think he would have killed it in the first scene. So <laughs> the rest would have just been him <laughs> killing other people on the beach for some reason. <laughs> he became Sharktopus. He was possessed by the Sharktopus. Yeah, he got possessed by the spirit of the. <laughs> now it's starting to sound like a Roger Corman movie. <laughs> anyway, let's go ahead and keep going down the line. Kevin, what are your expectations going into the Meg? I don't really have any expectations. Just like, you know what? Okay. Maybe I do have some expectations. Um, I want to see Jason Statham kick some shark tail, maybe an uppercut, a roundhouse kick to the nostril, you know, something like that. I also want to see him shirtless showing off his eight-pack app. I know he's got it. I, I know he's, he has to do it in every movie. He's got to take off his shirt in every single movie, so why not? Maybe a couple of one-liners here and there. Brain Wilson's in here, so we got to have, like, a that's what she said joke because he was in the office. I'm just really hoping for this to not be terribly CGI to death. Kevin? What? Do you only know Rain Wilson from The Office? Have you not seen anything else he's been in? Yeah, I've watched two other movies. The Rocker, which was, eh, it was okay. And Don't Tell a Soul. Hmm. I also saw a short film he did. But All I right. bet you didn't watch any of those movies I just listed, did you? No, but I've seen other movies with him in it, so. Okay, well, you know, I'm speaking to, like, you know, a general audience, but they probably know. And not because if I try to get too in depth, they'd be like, oh my gosh, he's talking again about all these movies we don't care about. But I care, Kevin. I care. Do you? John doesn't care about nothing, but it's nice to know that Branson cares. Thank you. That, that's that's not true, Kevin. I care about everything you care about because you care about it. 
Okay, Care Bear. That's a true friend. I know that he is. A, he's a true mate. So yeah. I, I, I. So Ren, real talk. I have personally adopted Kevin as my little brother. I Aww. refer to him as my little brother, and so that is that is our relationship. Oh. Yeah, and he yeah. said like, "Hey, when, when we meet up, I want to do blood brother thing." It's like I don't know about this far. <laughs> <laughs> hey, brothers kiss, man. I've seen it happen. It's a sibling relationship. Uh, I, I, I can't I, speak I kid. English. <laughs> I kid. Me and me and Kevin are not the kissing type. I I like to tease him. Nope, I don't like to kiss people. For for those for those of you who are weirded out by recent comments, I'm just throwing that out there. Or it's not really like that. While you're throwing things out, why don't you throw out your expectations? My expectations. I was going to have Ren do her expectations first because you know, ladies first. So thank you so much. Wait, you, you had me go first. Is, is it, wait, you had Branson go first. What? You know, you know. First. I'm letting everybody go before me, dude. So, you said ladies first, and you put Branson and myself before. Was were you? Were I you said trying? ladies first, dude. I will punch you so hard. But you know but see, I'm the guest, so like you should have went the- there first. Then, if you were the guest, how thoughtful, bro. I will smother you in Shreveport. Sure. Either way, we're here. And my expectations for this movie... um, Honestly, Jason Statham has never really disappointed. And I really like the cast in this, so... You're doing nothing but confirming something that Kevin said. I'm just saying. I'm just oh, saying. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, dang. I need a original thought. <laughs> All right, ladies. So eight pack abs, a bald head, and a British accent, and you've got your pick. It's got a wick. That's the only movie, or the only reason we watch the movies. And as we learned last time, covered in shark guts. <laughs> yes. Also oil. Yeah. Any, honestly, anything. Wow. I'm not a massage therapist, Bobby. One now. <laughs> All right. On that, <laughs> on that note, uh, my expectation going into this is big dumb summer shark action movie, and that's really all I all the expectation I have going into it. So, let's go ahead, walk into the theater, check this movie out, and we'll come back and talk about our spoiler-free thoughts. Let's play it, clicks. Dear listeners, this is your opportunity to escape. Our crew has just entered into the media projection chamber. What horrors and madness that they consume are unknown. Their mental state upon their return is unknown. You have been warned. All right. We just watched that and that was a thing. Uh, Who's got thoughts on that that are spoiler free? Because I know I do. My thoughts. Um, <laughs> you look lost. You're like, oh, I'm so googly eyed by just watching Jason Satham on screen. Yes, I, t- I can't get those abs out of my mind. Um, <laughs> no, it kind of reminded me of Jaws. Uh, I feel like they tried to make kind of blend Jaws with Deep Blue Sea. In a way. Are you serious, Jaws? Really? That's the vibe. Jaws. Yes. Jaws, just because it's a shark. No, it's just... All I know is that while we were in the movie theater, Ren and Squid were sitting next to each other and I could hear John Mayer playing. (laughs) Your body is a wonderland. (laughs) 
That is not the song that was going through my head. But no, I just seen her. I was just seen her continuously putting her hair around her ear like that. Flirtatious thing. It's like, oh my gosh. Oh my oh, gosh. <laughs> All the hair flipping over here. <laughs> and he didn't even notice us. Right, Squid, we're left out. The jerk. <laughs> All I know is that for for me, I got this. Felt like two different types of 80s movie 80s summer movies that were mashed together uh in the 80s there was the underwater exploration movies like deep star six the abyss uh, and even more recently underwater with uh kirsten stewart shape of water uh, well no 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 don't you dare don't you dare bring shape of water into this no that was a porno with the creature from the black lagoon Outside of that, it's the uh, typical 80s shark movie, you know, that everybody was trying to duplicate. And they took those two things and they mashed them together. And that's it somehow didn't do either of them well. Really? You don't think so? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> OK, so we know what Squid's spoilery thoughts are. <laughs> I wouldn't say that's a spoiler. I'm not spoiling anything. There was CGI, uh, and the CGI was... Better than Sharktopus. Yeah. Very much better than Sharktopus. Yes. Yeah, it, it was... Sharktopus took me out of the movie. This one, I could look Okay, with. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just... yeah, this one I actually could make it through <laughs> without <laughs> cringing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if the movie was that good or if I was comparing it to Sharktopus, but you know... John, we, we just recorded a podcast where we made the point that if you take something evil and holding it, holding it next to something that is sufficiently evil, this evil looks good. <laughs> I don't know if that's what's going on, but I enjoyed it a lot more than Sharktopus. Wow, everybody's telegraphing today. All right. Amanda Lesser Evil. Okay. So it's still <laughs> evil. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know. I'm saying I can't give a... A, an objective view on it because I hated Sharktopus so much that it would not take much for me to, I, I might've just been so relieved that it wasn't Sharktopus again. So I, I can also say that the best actor in this movie was by and large Rain Wilson. Yeah, I could see that. Phenomenal. He was all right. Um, and I, I'm saying this as I have never watched a single episode of the office um same here i know rain wilson specifically from his movie super where he played a superhero mm. and his and his role as wade in the movie cooties so take that for what it's worth which is nothing oh i said it out loud didn't i kevin be nice be nice <laughs> okay i'll be nice this is our sibling rivalry Having watched The Office, I can say that his character in this movie is vastly different from Dwight Schrute in The Office. Like, it was not a, a typecast. That's called acting. That's how you know someone can act. But no, some actors, some actors, whenever you cast them, it's that actor in that role. Or that actor in that role. And, and I was afraid that Raiden Wilson would be that. It was like, okay, it's Dwight Schrute underwater. But he actually genuinely felt like a different person. So I agree. He actually had his own TV show for one season. Um, trying to find the name of it here. Dwight Schrute or Rain Wilson? Rain Wilson. <laughs> Dwight Schrute had his own show. 
um he had a uh a, t- a tv show uh that he did that uh was basically him as an investigator uh but uh you know he was doing it sort of like house md where he just basically had no tact and said what whatever was on his mind okay I'm trying to find the name of it here. Uh, it was like one of my favorite TV shows I've ever seen, and it didn't last for very long, which really. So good. You remember the title. That's, yeah. It was only one season, bro. And it was back in the early 2000s. I remember some one season shows I enjoyed. With Rain Wilson in it? No. But while you're doing that, how about you tell you my non-spoiler talk? Because no one cares what you think, Kevin. Nope. That's why I'm not a film critic. <laughs> Except you are. I want you go ahead and. Uh, so um, he did take a shirt off. So we got to see his eight pack abs. We didn't see him kick, punch, uppercut, nothing like that. So I was like, okay. He had no one liners. So I'm just like, okay. There was no um, office jokes from Rain Wilson, which, you know, that, I mean, that's fine. And. The CGI, like I said earlier, I think they could have did so much better with the CGI. I, I swear they could have did so much better with the CGI. Backstrom was the name was the name of that TV show. Ah, gotcha. Uh, so I recommend it if anybody gets the opportunity to watch it. Um, so, uh, but with the CGI though, like they had to make certain concessions in this movie to because this was this movie was based off of a book. And the megalodons in the book were pure white and almost luminescent. They had to change the colors of that because that was too difficult to render as CGI and have it still look real realistic. Yeah, there's like what uh, eight books of that series? There's like eight novels. It's like a series of that. And since when has a movie adaptation ever cared what the book said? I'm just saying. <laughs> That's a change that actually makes sense. I just care about what I see on the screen because I can't read. I can't read. I, I don't know how to read. I, I I don't read books. It's a shame. We know, Kevin. <laughs> that's why I have trouble speaking. <laughs> no, that's because you speak Irish and you're trying to be on an English uh, podcast. Well, you know, because every time I say something, like, can you say that again? I can't understand what you're saying. <laughs> they just want to hear your accent again. They understand you just fine. They just like to hear you talk. It just it just slays me that people think I'm racist because I tease you tease you about being Irish on this show. No, no, no. That that one joke you did that was pretty freaking racist, mate. Once again, it's part of the sibling relationship. It is. There you go. Casual you go. racism is fine if you're related. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, everybody. That's what I got out of that sentence. We all came from the same family, Adam and Eve. <laughs> Oh, All right. Does anybody else have any spoiler-free conversations they want to share on this movie? Um, why do we point lasers into eyeballs when we're trying to be not detected? That's my <laughs> only spoiler-free point. <laughs> That's it. This movie That's needed sharks with freaking laser beams. Yeah, laser beam. I almost wonder if that if that particular scene was a, was a kind of like a nod to that in Austin Powers. I think it was because they did several nods. Like when Jason Statham, Statham, sorry, 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 sorry. When he was on scene, just keep swimming, keep swimming, just keep swimming. And I was like, I'm catching several nods to that. 
Um, also, the, well, let's go ahead and go over to the spoiler section. We can dive into this a little bit further because I there's another nod in there, too. Well, did you have any spoiler free things to say? No, nope. all mine are spoilers. <laughs> all right, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, the spoiler section. Spoiler away! Sorry. There's a scene towards the end of the movie where they're on the beach and that little pudgy boy walks up to his mom and asks if he can go swimming. <laughs> and that is that is a nod to the original Jaws. Yes, thank you. As that scene was in Jaws and the mom in that scene is wearing the same swimming suit as the mom in that scene in the movie Jaws. Yeah. Pippin! Pippin! Because it was Pippet, but she said Pippin or something like that. So it was very, very close. Now you understand why I combine it with Jaws that's and just, Deep Blue Sea. That's just Nas. It doesn't mean that it's really, you know, a combination. It's just the vibe so, I got. The combination was the last movie with the shark and the octopus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, in this movie, there is a scene with a shark and an octopus, though. Actually, no, that's a squid. That's a squid. Yep. But it was much more enjoyable. Why did you ate that? Did you did you did you um did you made your squid dinner thing? Whatever is calamari thing. We we don't eat squid in this house. (laughs) (laughs) Not allowed. Only the human squid is allowed in the house. Exactly, and she prefers (laughs) not to be eaten. Please, thank you. (laughs) I don't think any human does. (laughs) That was talking about that scene. That was one of those scenes where I knew what was going to happen like before it happened like when i saw the suction cups wrap around the ship i was like okay she's not going to be crushed by the giant squid because the shark's going to come up and eat the squid like i knew right off the bat what was going to happen but but the way it was executed was actually really well done like you know seeing him swim by and have the half-eaten tentacle in his mouth i thought it was like wow that actually looks cool so even though i knew it was going to happen I still enjoyed that scene. You know, I'm a huge fan of special of sound effects. So the sound effect for that, they use um, toilet plungers and they were like running water over, sort of pressing against the car when they were recording inside a car. And I thought that was pretty oh, cool. Wow. That, that's yeah, because idea, I, yeah. because after um, being on soundstage down in Orlando twice for a filmmaker, he's like, would you want to be on soundstage while I record some sounds? So that um, short film I did, Trust God, I helped oh. him with a couple of things. And it was like um, one other movie. Uh, I can't say yet, but uh, I watched the sound effects. It's like, maybe I need to start getting to more sound effects. I just love that aspect. Sorry. I just like oh, to remember. No, that's cool. That's nothing, that's nothing to be sorry about, bro. Okay. Well, I want to have some jokes right here. I don't need to be sorry about them. I'm list them off for you. Never mind. <laughs> I, I will say that I feel like Masi Oka was uh, wasted in this movie entirely. Yes. I have that yes. Completely. Y'all forgive me. Who who did Masioka play? Uh he played he played Toshi. Oh, Hero's guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Just shorted him for no reason. Uh, to me, it's like no reason. I mean, yeah, there was a reason, but still. Literally yeah. his death could have been prevented. Yep. Not only not only that, but he was the most enjoyable person to watch on the screen. Yes. Other than for the women folk, Jason Statham. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, when they killed him off, I'm like, what a waste. I would have enjoyed this movie so much more if he would have been throughout it. Yeah. Because 
he I felt like his character had more depth than some of the characters that were on the screen for the entire movie. Like the character that he saved by pushing him out of the thing. I mean, nothing against that guy, but just I, I connected more with Toshi than I did the guy that was rescued. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm thinking more of Bing Bing Lee. Her character. You know, since we're in the sport talk, here's something. I really hated the beginning. I thought that was a stupid beginning because what was it? They all looked at him like he was a bad guy when he was trying to save him. And then they're it's like, but you would have died. Why didn't you just like looked at Jason's like, hey, thank you for saving our lives. It was a sacrifice. No, they all like look I, I just hated that because I don't know why it frustrated me. Is every time when he tried to save a life, he looked like he was really tensioning and they all looked at him a bad guy. It's like he didn't look like he was he looked like he, you know, he was thinking the same thing like everybody else was. And they all looked at him like, man, how, what did you do? I was like, he just saved your life. He saved multiple lives. I just hated that. I think what they were trying to play up is that he was the only one that knew there was a Megalodon a- attacking. And so to everyone else, he jumped ship without even trying to to help his, his friends that were trapped. And so that that was their issue. No, the others were trying. They weren't even doing anything. They just sat there and was like, they, they were the part decision. of the they weren't part of the crew. They were in the sub. They they weren't in a position to help at all. So from the doctor's point of view, he just said, Okay, I'm out of here. Peace. He he didn't understand. That's why I think that's why they kept making a uh nod to tell Jonas he was right. There really is something down here. While they had the, the tension between him and the doctor where he's like, I'm sorry, I should have believed you. I think yeah. that's that was where where that was coming from was the doctor thought he just got spooked and left. Whereas Jason Satham was trying to say, no, if we'd have stayed, we would have died. And the doctor, not knowing there was a shark said, Oh, come on. You just got scared. That was one of the dumbest doctors ever because he didn't look like he researched anything or tried to back anything up. He didn't. He just like, what? Go ahead. Say something, John. Look, you want to say something? Say something. I did, but I lost my train of thought, uh, jumped the track. So it's gone. (laughs) I just thought that doctor was just an idiot. And I'm not sure if he was written that way or are they just like, uh, what do we say right here? It's like, let's just make him mad and angry at the hero. I think it's because they had a friendship and, um, you know, having that kind of friendship, but also a personal relation, like professional relationship, it kind of blurs the line a little bit. I would have never known they were friends the way how they acted from the very beginning. Well, they had gone through a lot. And he basically, I don't, I don't, it should have shown, see, it should have shown something like they were some sort of friendship or something because they didn't show nothing. It just showed right to when something's attacking the submarine and you don't really know anything much about too many of the people. I didn't even know there was actually supposed to be a megalodon because all you seen was a submarine crashing. So I I, crushing inside. So I thought it must've been a pressurization or something. And then it really mentioned, see, it didn't mention nothing until later. It's like, Tell me who was right. Tell me who was right about what. If, so. if there was a, a layer of sub-zero fog or whatever that the shark could not come through, then what was attacking the sub at the very beginning of the movie? Exactly. I think the sub had fallen through that is what they were getting at. Oh, okay. uh, what I will say is I had the hardest time really believing the fact that Jason Statham and that blonde lady were that that blonde lady was jason statham's ex-wife <laughs> yeah. i know like i had to explain that to my wife a couple times like no that's his ex-wife she's like because she's like who's this lady why does he care and i'm like <laughs> so they they didn't they didn't do a very good job at at relaying that relationship yeah. Yeah. i i think they came across more as colleagues or, or friends or something 
they didn't have very good they didn't mm-hmm. have very good chemistry at all. No, but they were only married a year according to the movie, so They were. I didn't even know that. Yeah, they mentioned <laughs> it. I think it's like at the beginning too. Yeah. If 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 they had that kind of if the characters had that kind of relationship, you'd expect there to be still some kind of Yeah. I don't know, like like he was, you know, crushing on the Oh, what was her name? Big Big Lee's character. And yeah, she's like sitting there yeah. encouraging it. And yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, it, it's cool if they define a relationship where that they're cool like that, but it, it did not come across as we used to be married. It came across as, you know, we went to high school together or something. I, okay. In previous episodes, people have heard me talk about how much it frustrates me when movies crowbar in love interests. This movie goes on that list because they crowbarred in two of them. What was the second one? His ex-wife. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm just saying that that whole Jason Statham and Bing Bing Lee relationship felt so crowbarred and unnecessary. Did not need it at all. There was a lot of things this movie didn't need and being made was one of them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. I liked the little girl. I, I did. The little girl was very good. She also had the cutest outfits. <laughs> I, she was cute. She was adorable. And she wasn't like too much in your face. Like, hey, reminder, she's cute. Hey, reminder, she's cute. Like a Marvel film. It's like, no, I, I appreciate it. And she had a nice role and she was smart. And I, I liked her. I think I liked her more than anybody else in this movie. She added a lot of value, I thought. And she had adorable little outfits. She was She was snippy, but in a cute way. I guess maybe she reminds me too much of my niece because my niece is <laughs> it's like that. She, she'll tell me through my face, like, Uncle, you're giving me a mad look. It's like, I'm sorry. I don't know what my mad look is. <laughs> I will say this, though. I liked being being Lee's intelligent doctor person character better in this movie than the other one in Sharktopus. Like, <laughs> you know, yes. <laughs> because she actually felt intelligent. I would also like to reiterate that I don't think Bing Bing Lee, at least when she's speaking English, is a very good actress. I I had I had problems with how she delivered her lines in some scenes. And I'm just like, that sounds like she's reading off of a piece of paper. Yeah, I felt she was just OK. That's just me. I just I didn't think she was bad. I don't think she was good. I think she was like the OK par line. But but she when when she would switch over to Chinese, I felt what she was saying. Like and, and I think that says. You know, I, I, I don't know 100 percent like Chinese is her first language, but, you know, the way she acted, it sure felt like it because I, that that actually conveyed some amount of emotion to me. Whereas when she was speaking in English, I was just like, I don't for, care. Um, for you, whenever you'd be considered like the script supervisor, is a script supervisor would be like more right there leaning, saying like, hey, um, the person said, it, but not enough emotion. I felt well, that's what probably happened when she said her. Um, lines in English it wasn't like too much emotion put behind it no there wasn't but it's also hard to connect to a language that is your second or third language you know Um, because you have to translate it so it kind of makes sense why she didn't flow too well with the English part but um, you know as an actor you're supposed to be able to connect like all the dots that way to make it flow you know Mm. when I was in high school I did a literary rally and uh, I read Spanish poetry 
not because I had any clue what I was saying, but because my pronunciation was good. And so my teacher would record herself saying the poem with the emotion, with the vocal inflection, so that when I recited it, I would copy her inflection. Like I would hear the emotion in her words and I had no clue what I was saying. Like I could have been, you know, describing bacteria and I wouldn't know, but I used that, uh, her, her coaching to kind of bring that emotion out and, and maybe she would have benefited from someone saying, Hey, when you're saying this, maybe even in Chinese, if she struggles with English to say, when you're saying this line, this is what you should be feeling. These are the places where if you're going to, you know, emote that, this is where you would say these things. And the thing about it is it, it may be difficult, but I've seen other bilingual actors do a phenomenal job as far as being able to act with both uh, languages. Uh, the two that come off the top of my head is Eugene Kim and Daniel Day Kim, uh, both of which played in Lost. Yes. Yes. Um, and they both acted their butt off in Korean and in English. And I'm not, that's not me saying, oh, Korean and Chinese are the same. Uh, that's not the point I'm making here. I'm talking about, you know, obviously one is their primary and the other is their secondary language, but they did phenomenally with both language sets. So it can be done. I think it's more so the actors and the Meg, maybe they didn't have the best chemistry with each other. That like could be too. Characters. Yeah. And so that's why it felt very forced for her. Um, because I know that too. And I don't know, you have to be able to have that kind of chemistry to make it all flow together. I mean, even, even the guy who played uh, Bing Bing Lee's dad in this movie, I felt he did a better job than Bing Bing Lee did. I agree. Mm -hmm. Or even, or even her daughter who also yes. went in both languages. And she was phenomenal. Lisa. Right. I mean, I think on the nature of like actually translating languages, it's not a fair comparison either to compare her with Daniel Day Kim, who moved to the U.S. when he was one mm. and she grew up in China. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you so, can't ever compare. And once again, I mean, I don't know if Bing Bing Lee's first language is Chinese or English because um, I haven't researched her. But, um, you know, you, it's hard to be able to compare certain actors just because one knows the language better yeah i i guess like i didn't mind her performance at all maybe because i have a lot of friends too that just didn't grow up knowing english and sometimes you feel that in conversation too where it's like i don't know that i'm connecting with this person because i don't know what we're saying to each other right now <laughs> so there is sometimes like you don't connect with someone even though you're saying the words that are correct just because you takes a lot you know what um one person i did and I usually um, don't like the type of roles, but I did. I didn't mind Rain Wilson and his role. I actually liked it because usually when they do like because he was obviously the villain, but sometimes they do over the top or just like keep pointing at it. It's like, hey, reminder, reminder, this is the villain. Reminder, this is the villain. He didn't. Mm -hmm. He didn't need to be reminded too much when you're watching him. You know, I didn't really see him as being the villain in this movie. Yeah. I, I saw him. I saw him more as a character who had a misguided vision as far as what the right thing is to do but yeah. i did at, at no point did i ever feel like oh he's the bad guy i dislike him yeah because you know whenever they have like the billionaire like they'll obviously point like we watched was like um the venom movies like hey this is definitely the jeff bezos mock-up this is the difference like okay yeah. we get it but this one they didn't, they didn't do make that, him so. the bad guy because he was rich 
Yeah, he actually had some moments where you're like, oh, you know, like like the fact that he didn't tell anyone about uh, the, the situation and said, I'll just blow it up myself. I mean, I could kind of get where uh, as a as a the guy who was bankrolling this whole project, he was thinking this is a way I could save this if we just kill the thing outright. But at, at the same time, I would like to think that the people he hired would be able to tell the difference between a whale and a megalodon shark. <laughs> I feel like that, <laughs> you know. And one that was already dead. Right. <laughs> they had the tracker on the Megalodon. The Megalodon was below the whale, and they ended up blowing up the whale. And when they went down there to re- to, to make sure, and then that's when they... So it's like they, they bombed the right place. They just killed the wrong thing with the bombs. Yeah, but, but logic would dictate, let's bring a marine biologist with us who can, like, see the thing and say, yep, that's... Which I guess would kind of defeat the purpose of keeping it hush-hush. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You couldn't pay off a marine biologist. <laughs> you know, I never realized the Meg was under the whale. Never thought of that. I thought they just had the wrong tracker or something. Mm-mm. No, as someone who's a myself, I love monster movies. As someone I, who is myself. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. Perfect. I know. That's just a completely idiotic term. Me when I am me. Yeah, being uh, I am me. Nobody else is me. I'm Kevin Josh Berm, and you are not. <laughs> Allow myself to introduce myself. And with yes. that knowledge. <laughs> I, I have my moments, okay? It happens. I, le- I love monster movies. I love Universal Studio monster movies. I love all the classic monsters. I love Charles. I love Wolfman and everything else. And when I watch these movies, I do like, for some reason, I like the monster kills. This, the monster kills were boring as crap. Mm-hmm. I felt they were the most boring ways to kill them because it's like the camera pans upon the person. You're like, this person will die. Boom, that person dies. You you know when a camera pans along a certain person, sort of like what um, Dean Devlin and Ronan Emmerich does for their Independence Days and Godzilla movie and everything else they did. They pan the camera at a certain person like, this person's going to die. That person's yeah. going to die. This person's going to, and they point, and they all died exactly with the cameras panning on you. Like, yeah, I know who who the person's not going to die, but I know the person who is going to die. In this movie, the one death that actually like shocked me was the wall in the water. Mm. The long haired guy, the glasses, oh, okay, whatever sorry. the shark came up out of the water. I every single time I am just like. Scared by that. <laughs> I guess I was the one person who knew he was going to die. I just didn't. I didn't think he was going to die right then. They did. They tried to get that nice horror moment. So that was actually a nice jump scare. But at the same time, I was like, wasn't necessary. I don't know. He was in the water j- making jokes too long for me. Like, I, yeah, I, I was like, here it comes. Here comes that Walt Disney theme park. Yeah. <laughs> when they started talking about, come on, let's see some leg, and he starts waving his leg up in the air. I'm like, okay, he's about to die. Yeah, you know, yeah. if they had him fall in, make the joke, and then cut back to Jason Statham making a comment, okay, I would have expected him to live. But the fact that he was there for that long, let's. It, it was almost like the shark was taking too long to get there, and a director behind the scenes was going, "Filler, stretch it, stretch it, stretch it. Do a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Wait, okay, now we're good." <laughs> I mean, I kind of expected him to die in the water i guess because there was chum all around still so it's like another shark could have gotten him but i just wasn't expecting him to be swallowed (laughs) yeah if you've seen enough of these movies right from the beginning of the movie you know who's going to die there was only one person who didn't die that i was a little bit surprised that didn't die and so who was that i'm not gonna say it okay because i talk i know but 
I'm not going to say it because there's going to be connotations that come with it that okay. I don't want. So I don't care. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Is it Ruby? Because I feel like she was going to die. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but that being said, I, you know, when Rain Wilson died and they, they made it seem like, oh, he's going to live. I'm like, no, he's going to he, yeah. they're, they're going to get him here because, you know, you know, the, the billionaire is going to die. It's, it's right. just how it is, regardless right. of if he's the bad guy, you know, the misguided billionaire always dies. And, and, and so, you know, when you talk about how the kills in this movie weren't that spectacular, I don't for me, that wasn't what was driving the movie for me. It, what was driving the movie? Because <laughs> for me, it was the it was just the human the human interaction and the tension. See, I think my major problem with this film is that there was absolutely no tension whatsoever. Not an ounce of it. Mm-mm. Really? You didn't, you didn't get any at all? There, you, you, there was no, no popcorn crunching action for you? Not for me either. I mean, what was the point of the Mick? He mm-hmm. went after M&Ms. Exactly. When he could have got a freaking whale and eat on those and survive. Which is what there were so many things where they're like, we know that this shark likes to follow boats, but when it's convenient, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> exactly. It makes up its own rules. It's it's literally like eating M&Ms when you have like a steak next to you. <laughs> and I agree with that. But that's that's not really what this movie was designed to be. Right. No, no, no. And that's I mean, that's not my main point. It's just that this movie didn't have a driving force i didn't feel like and you can do movies where you come into the movie and you go that person's gonna die and you can still make that interesting this movie didn't make me care about it <laughs> it didn't make it interesting i knew they were gonna win and they didn't do it in a way that was creative for me this movie was designed just to be brainless action like yes don't think about it too hard and it wasn't it wasn't enough action because hmm. they also tried to make it heartfelt they're like, we're going to include this relationship and they're going to be good. And this movie would have been better without the relationship. It like was, if they had just uh, made an action film where he was hunting a shark. Great. That would have been a good movie. But it wasn't just an action film where he was hunting a shark. It was we're going to have this father daughter relationship and we're going to have this romantic relationship. and We're going to have this guy doing this thing. And we're going to have this bromance between yeah. the guy from Heroes and this tall, large blonde guy and that just it i was so bored watching this movie and i didn't expect to be i once again i'm gonna compare jaws to this so in jaws kevin don't give me that look in jaws (laughs) it's more so the shark hunting the humans but in this it's the humans hunting the shark and i feel like like you said john this is definitely people driving it um, instead of the shark driving the movie. So I think that was like the motivation for this. Um, that's that's the way that I see the two different movies. And that's why I think this one is very different than shark movies. Um, and I think they tried to add the human side to it by adding all the heartfelt moments and the relationships and all that stuff. I honestly think that what would have made this movie better, though, is if they would have stuck with the original genre of movie they it was being shot in for the first half of the movie because the first half of this movie it was going with the deep sea exploration Mm -hmm. like uh deep star six or the abyss or whatever other movie you want to tag in there um and i was enjoying that aspect of it that deep dive into the unknown Mm -hmm. um and if they would have stuck with that and kept it in that darkness and have that sense of unknownness to it, 
like suspense instead. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I would have really jived well with that movie because I that that was the part of the movie I enjoyed the most. Mm-hmm. I I 100% agree. I was really hoping for that type of film to keep going, but it tried to go to that monster slasher. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, come on, this is not, it's, you're, not, you're not meshing well. Like leave them leave them on the station, leave them on the subterranean yeah. station, and have the shark constantly be poking holes in it to where it's a survival type movie. And then you have reason for the first part of the movie when they had to leave them trapped underwater. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just like that's a thing that happened, and now we're going to give you a completely different way to try and save people that doesn't have any connection to the first part of the movie. Like, yeah. Which all the sacrifices in this movie were stupid. I think there were almost too many locations, yeah. which kind of yes. ties into you guys. With you saying that, though, and I agree with that, but I think with you saying that, I almost wonder because this was shot in part of the half of this movie was shot in China. And I almost wonder if the Chinese government said, yes, we will let you shoot here, but you need to showcase you need to showcase these destination spots. Uh, so people feel compelled to vaca- come come here on vacation and boost our economic whatever. Oh, wow, so that, that you could be possibly true. be attacked by a megalodon. <laughs> 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 That's the way that I see it. Exactly. Yes, promote this to come here, but also know this movie is like could possibly happen. Quote unquote. The other half was filmed in New Zealand, right? Uh, U.S. If I remember right. Really? U.S. and China. Okay. I know a lot of it was filmed in the tank too. I watched the behind the scenes of the Meg, and it's really interesting how they shot a lot of the scenes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, most of it was in the ocean, though. You know, I'm a huge fan of watching special features. Those special features bored me. It did. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like the oddball out. I really enjoyed this movie. I expected to. With With that statement, then, let's go ahead and get past our spoilers into the ratings section. Uh, Branson, you did such a good job last time. Why don't you go ahead and explain the ratings to our listeners at home? All righty, guys. Here on the bottom shelf, we have a rating system where we rate the movies that we watch so that you can know whether or not you want to check them out. First on the ratings board, we have the top shelf. The top shelf means we have no idea why this movie was listed as bad. It's great. It's wonderful. We're buying a copy for ourselves right now. Going to watch it multiple times. Host viewing parties. It's awesome. Then we have the middle shelf. The middle shelf is, you know, it wasn't the best movie in the world, but it's better than the critics said they were. I mean, I could watch this if it were on the TV. I, would, I wouldn't mind seeing it every once in a while in the right mood or with the right people. Then we have the bottom shelf. The bottom shelf is, nope, it's just as bad as they said it was. We, we get it. This, this was aptly named a bad movie. A few people out there might be a fan of it. It might be good to watch for certain purposes, but it was a bad movie. And lastly, we have the dumpster fire, the dumpster fire where movies go to die and be forgotten. And we will never speak of them again because they should never have been viewed by human beings ever. All right. And with that exemplary explanation, let's go reverse order than what we did last time. Ren, how would you rate this movie based off of that explanation that Kevin, not Kevin Branson just gave? It's definitely not the rating that I gave Shark Sharktopus, but um, I feel like Jason Statham's had better movies, and this movie is not one that I would watch over and over and over again. Um, so I would give it a middle shelf. Middle shelf. All right. Kevin. I am not giving it a middle shelf, that's for sure. I don't know. 
So you're going to give it a top shelf? No, I actually want to throw it in the fire because I really was bored. I was bored to tears on wow. this movie. Like wow, I really okay. like I didn't like any character, but I mean, it's not, okay, I didn't like. I, there were some characters I liked, but some of them I just didn't care if they died. I was like, you could kill Jason Statham, you could kill the, the entire bottom under island, but, but you know, the, there's, there were certain scenes I liked. There was there was a couple. Of, actually, there was a couple of scenes I liked. I'll just put on the bottom shelf because um, it's not it's not so terrible. Like it's not Sharktopus. No, I, yeah, I, see, I'm, I'm not trying to compare other movies when I do that. I just try to look at it for like a selfish, vindictive person as myself, Diane. and I, I and I hate everything and everyone just about. <laughs> but, <laughs> but at the same time, it's not like I know it's not Oscar worthy, but you know, it, it it was just it was just okay-ish. So yeah, I'll put a bottom shelf. All right, bottom shelf, Branson. Uh, again, like I said, uh, I saw this, you know, we saw this shortly after Shocktopus, so it's really easy to be better than that. But in its own right, I enjoyed it. I mean, it wasn't the best movie in the world. No, uh, I'm probably not going to go out and purchase a copy of it myself. Uh, but, you know, if it happens to be on TV, I might sit down and watch it again. If if we're with a group of people and they say, hey, who wants to watch the Meg? I would stay and watch the movie. Uh, John, as you pointed out before, it's one of those, let's just crunch some popcorn and turn our brains off for a second and just watch a fun movie. So I'm going to put this on the middle shelf. I was okay. entertained, so I'll put it middle shelf. All right. Squid. Hi. Tell us, tell us your unadulterated thoughts. Top shelf all the way. Top shelf. <laughs> that is clearly what she's communicated. Yes. You know, it had yeah, Jason no. Statham in a bath towel. I mean, it what else could you Jason want? It did have Jason Statham in a bath towel, but I also have at least four other movies on my shelf where I could see that if I wanted. Um, and as, more. As, <laughs> and more. Um, as someone that does indeed like Jason Statham movies and thought I would enjoy this one, um, it does pretty decidedly go on the bottom shelf for me. Uh, oh. And if it was on tv and people were like let's watch this i'd be like let's not i have netflix um so <laughs> that would be how that'd go uh, and this was the second time watching it and it does not improve with more watches wait did you did you literally just set bottom shelf i did and not even the top end of the bottom shelf this would go the bottom end of the bottom shelf good lord i never wow. thought that you would say something like that at least Branson were on the same team. All right. Oh my god. I wasn't expe- I really was not expecting her to say that. So it comes down to me and what how I view this. Don't movie. you freaking dare. Don't you dare. I was watching this movie and I knew what I was going into. It was going to be a brainless popcorn munching movie that which you're not supposed to think too much about. I truly enjoyed the first half of the movie when it was the deep sea exploration. Um, I honestly wish they would have spent the rest of the movie doing that, but you know, I got what they were trying to do. They, they sold the movie as being jaws on steroids and not the abyss, a modern version of the abyss. So, you know, um, I feel like this movie had a lot of potential and it wasted that potential. But in the same sense, I still had a lot of fun watching it. 
and this might replace Sharktopus as my summer yearly shark movie. Uh, that being said, I'm going to put this movie firmly on the middle shelf. Woo! Of course yes. you would. Yes. I knew you would. I knew uh, you would. So we have a disputed middle shelf for the Meg. Um, but, you know, I, I, I understand both Squid and Kevin's arguments on this. And that's the reason why I didn't give it a higher than a middle shelf, because those are valid points that have been raised. Um, there was a lot of wasted potential in this movie. I feel like that that one character was killed off far too soon. Honestly, the wall should have died there. And maybe I should go ahead and make some more points. That way you can just change that. Here, I got a list right here for you. No, this is this is how I this is how I feel. This is I'm just no, 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 no. I don't don't, don't care. You know, fine. Just whatever. Do what you want, man. All right. With that being said, let's go ahead and head over to the weak connections and wind this episode down. This is a weak connection. All right. I have a weak connection for this one. You do? Um, I do. That's so sweet. Let's hear your weak connection, John. Let's see how weak it can get. Kevin. Ren, this is the part where you punch him. Kevin, (laughs) I sense sense your bitterness coming through the microphone right now, but it doesn't matter. You're my little brother and I still love you. Okay, I love you too. No matter what you do, I will support you. I think he might just be hangry. Mm -hmm. Do you want a slice of the Meg? No, I need a sandwich. <laughs> All right. But my my weak connection comes from Job 41 verses 1 through 10. And I am reading from the English Standard Version, otherwise known as the Extra Sanctified Version. Um, <laughs> and it says, can you draw out Leviathan with a fish hook or press down his tongue with a cord? Can you put a rope on his nose or pierce his jaw with a hook? Will he make pleas to you? Will he speak to you with soft words? Will he make a covenant with you to take him to take him for your servant forever? Will you play with him as a bird or put him on a leash for your girls? Will you will traders bargain over him and will they divide him amongst the merchants? Can you fill his skin with harpoons or his head with fishing spears? Lay your hands on him. Remember the battle. You will not do it again. Behold, the hope in man is false. He laid low even he is laid low even at the sight of him. No one is so fierce that he dares stir him up. Who then is he who can who can stand before me? Um, and the point that this is talking about is cre- a creature from the deep and no one can stand before this creature on their own, uh, let alone to stand before God. And I think that in life when we're facing enemies that seem insurmountable like the megalodon or in in reference to the scripture of the leviathan um it you know as christians we need to remember that the one we serve is even greater that even though we can't stand before the megalodon or we can't stand before leviathan or whatever whatever the obstacle is that is before you the one that we serve is even greater than he who can take these insurmountable obstacles and treat them 
and play with them as though like a bird or put them on a leash for your, his daughter. Um, and so in that we have hope. And that's that, that is dedicated to Dallas because I think I just bit his style with that weak connection. So thank you, Pastor John. <laughs> I mean, I'm being serious. I'm not joking, but yeah, thank you for that. Really? I had time to think about it this time. <laughs> I had no time to think about it, so I have no weak connection. Wait. Do you got one, Branson? You look like you want to say something. I do. I do. Um want to call attention to the very end of the movie where Jason Statham quotes um, what they said earlier in the movie. Of, uh, you know, it's not about the ones that you don't save. It's about the ones you do save. With that, he decides to do his very, the, the one moment we see Jason Statham actually be Jason Statham is when he gets in the fight with the shark and, you know, like stabs him in the side and rides him up and spears him in the eye and all that good stuff. Ugh. But at that, at that point, he very much has an attitude of, I don't need to live past this. I just have to make sure everyone else does. And that reminds me of a verse of scripture, John 15, 13 says greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends throughout the whole movie. Jason Satan's character. I think it's Jonas. Is, is that, was that his name? Jonas was very much a, Oh, poor pitiful me. I've, I've got so many issues. I've got so many things. I drink too much. I've got this. I do things my way. You can't tell me what to do. I'm going to, hack the safety system on the submersible so because I can do things my way. That was the first point in the movie where he was genuinely selfless. Where he was like, you know what? This isn't about me. This is about what I want. This isn't about my pain. This isn't even about my survival. It's about making sure that those people get to where they need to go. And he just kind of throws caution to the wind and dives straight first. And as Christians, we're called on to have that kind of selflessness for other people. We're supposed to be willing to lay down our lives for others just as Christ laid his life down for us. Now that doesn't always literally mean your physical life. Sometimes that means laying down something that's important to you. Sometimes that means laying down a preference that you have. But the idea is that as followers of Christ, we're supposed to make sure that others are taken care of before we see to ourselves. And, and that, seeing that scene where he says, you know, it's not about those you don't save, it's about the ones you do save. And then he goes straight headfirst into a fight that he does not expect to survive. It reminds me of that verse of scripture. Listening to your, your uh, weak connection there, Branson, it, it, something occurred to me because that didn't occur to me at all while watching this movie. Mm-hmm. Jason Statham's character's name was Jonas. Ah, you, you you picking it up here? Yeah, I am. Do you think that was intentional? I was going to piggyback off that. John Turtletop likes to do that with his movies because, like I said, he did it National Geographic, um, not National Geographic, National Treasure, and a couple other movies like that. He likes to add those nods to his films. I was actually going to talk about that too. <laughs> Go ahead, Ren. You were, you were going to say something? Um, yeah, Jonas actually. Um, Dove has a very special meaning for me and my family. So when I found out that Jonas means dove, it actually goes really well into this movie, I think. Um, but I actually have a Bible verse too. So Cliff Curtis, uh, I forget who he plays in it. I forget his character's name in the Meg, but he actually played Jesus in the movie, the nativity story. And um, I thought it was 
kind of funny because I thought about this Bible verse, Jesus wept in John eleven thirty five, 35. And his character in this movie, I related to the most because he was very sympathetic for everybody, I thought. And yeah, that's why Jesus wept. I mean, it was about Lazarus and he was seeing everybody um, and just feeling the compassion that everybody had for that, you know? Mm-hmm. I wept watching this movie. I was crying. Kevin, nobody cares what you think anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. She has picked up on the mantra of the show. She has out Kevin to Kevin. I cannot be friends with him anymore. All right, Squid, you had something loaded, I could tell. Yes, I am the opposite of what Branson said. Well, not the opposite, because that would mean that I don't agree with what he said, which was accurate and good. Um, Branson, you're you're a heretic. Um, Your heresy is not allowed here. You know, that wouldn't be the first time I've been called that, so. Well. (laughs) as someone who came from the baptist background to the pentecostal background it wouldn't shock me (laughs) someone came from the pentecostal side to the protestant side of highly presbyterian also wouldn't shock me (laughs) (laughs) uh but i wrote down the quote of uh not about the ones you lose but the ones you save and i think in most action movies i watch this is kind of always my like jesus complex thing in pretty much every movie which makes me think of you know, the verse in Ephesians where it says, for by grace, you've been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of work so that no one can boast. And I think it's always like in all these movies in general, there's the one guy that's going to save everyone. And we are very quick to look at people and try to save them. If you like me are work centric and want to save people <laughs> and just remembering that it's not not us and not our works, but Christ ultimately that does that saving squid i am going to thank you for bringing that to the table because i have been having a rough time with that with my youth group and feeling like i'm doing something wrong because there has not been movement in the way i expect it to happen hey hey john hey guess what what you're not jesus and you don't have to be so (laughs) sometimes we need that reminder is what i'm saying every day i'm gonna get it tattooed on my forehead (laughs) amen Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. And I, I'm, I'm just saying I appreciate you bringing that because that was timely for me. So uh, and I don't think we acknowledge that enough when people bring something up like that. So let's let's start a revolution. Everybody who's listening, if someone brings something that blesses you, make it known to them because that encourages them to keep on keeping on. My, my only other thing under spiritual takeaways when I was trying grasping at straws to figure out what I wanted to say was just evolution question mark. I'm wondering if I could make that into something. <laughs> oh. oh, I thought I thought it would have been something like Jason Jason Statham in a bath towel. Yeah, shirtlessness, <laughs> being disrobed. What? Uh, no. <laughs> David danced naked before the ark. Yes, we should all dance. Let's go. Hey, I started I started telling people about the benefits of eating dried grapes. Now I'm just raising awareness. <laughs> i'm gonna leave the podcast now okay bye-bye you know why lepers never use hot tubs kevin it turns to salsa <laughs> and with that <laughs> i have to think about that one
Uh, <laughs> with yes. that, let's go ahead and uh, do our closing here. Squid, where can people find you on the interwebs? You can't. How can they give you money? Well, you can give me money. My Zell is... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do not have a way to give me money, but you can listen to me on other podcasts. I'm on We Read Allegedly. I'm on Playing Games with Strangers. I'm on Pint Sized Art History. Sized is spelled S-A-I-Z-E-D. Um, and I also run a book review blog that I never post on. So run is a questionable term in that sentence. All right. Uh, Branson, who looks like he's asleep, where can people find you on the internet? I, I'm not asleep. I just had to mentally switch off after that comment i had to process it for a second <laughs> salsa wow okay i may not ever eat chips and salsa again <laughs> um i have a small corner of com talk called bees views and reviews where i review and promote faith-based family friendly comics and the creators that make them so if you have a faith-based family friendly comic that you would like promoted uh, you can email it to me at branson.moykin at gmail.com and i'll give it a gander and talk about it on my show also, I have a project in the works called Gospel by Gaslight. It is an audio drama that's going to drop in September, so keep your ears open for that. And I'm also a Blade-level patron on playing games with strangers, and that gives me the opportunity to do different games with strangers where I actually get a chance to play along with some of the cast. So if you are looking for a way to support something worthwhile, become a patron on playing games with strangers. All right, uh, let's go ahead and go to Ren. Ren, where can people find you on the interwebs? Yes, yeah, so I'm on most social media platforms. So that's Facebook and Instagram. It's Ren Michelle Official. I'm also on YouTube. Uh, that's where I post all of my films and any music videos I've been a part of. Uh, it's just Ren Michelle. And if you want to check out my website too, it's RenMichelleOfficial.com because... I'm obviously wanting to be official and that's why it's in every handle. <laughs> <laughs> if you call yourself official, you are official. Yes. <clears throat> Rent. Let, let, let's, let's do something real quick that we didn't do in the last episode. If you had to pick one movie that you're in that you would recommend people watch, what movie is that? Any of my movies you mean? Yes. Oh goodness. Um, I'm making you pick a child right now. I'm proud of all my films. But my favorite that I've done would be Reprisal. Reprisal. It's a three-minute short film on YouTube mm. directed by Alexa Went, and it stars Rich Pintello, and that was my favorite one to do. Okay. Just be warned as you get beat up in that one. <laughs> Something to look forward to. Uh, You're not supposed to give away the details for. Uh, Kevin. Where can people find you on the internet? Look in the show notes. Hey, while you're at it, while you're you at can it. find him and on the Dapper Man on YouTube as well as on Facebook. Yeah, you, you, you type in the Dapper Man reviews to do it. Though, so. because you put type if you just type in the Dapper Man, people always find out like, hey, he's showing everyone else. So you put in the Dapper Man reviews, you'll see it right there. And I'm now ashamed. So if you want to cash at me, yeah, dollar sign the Dapper Man. There you go. <laughs> Throw me a couple bucks, and I'll give you a favorite movie quote. <laughs> And uh, also, you could find me coming to Streetport for GeekCon. So if you want to see my ugly mug and see me, I'm thinking about doing Spider-Man Noir. That sounds pretty cool. Why not? Maybe. 
I'll just use my dra- normal dapper. Just so. so you all know, the ugly mug comment is ironic because Kevin is easily the best looking guy on this show. Kevin is a beautiful, beautiful man. Oh my God. Here we go again. I've said it once and I'll say it again. Kevin is the man that a man wants when a man wants a man. What a man, what a man, what a man, what a man. <laughs> uh, you can find me on playing games with strangers supersonic pod comics we read allegedly you can find my band uh mezzanine uh you can hear my upcoming podcast uh casual gamer society you can find old episodes of primitive rhythm machine and good bands bad advice somewhere on the internet i have too many projects and i am starting to write a book so look forward to that in the future because J.S. Earls has put a gun to my head and told me I have to do it. So. Good Lord, he put a gun to your head? What kind of man is that? It's about time. It is about time. Uh, so that being said, thank you so much for listening. Please like, rate, and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to this on. That helps us out tremendously by putting us in front of like-minded individuals who may enjoy this podcast just like you did. Tell your friends... Follow us on the socials. Tell your exes. Tell all your enemies. Tell everyone. We don't care. We're, we're not picky. Seriously, please share us. Walk down the street with a sandwich board that says our how to find us. I don't care. Help us out because we love you. You love us. Let's love together. Sure. Okay. <laughs> and with that being said, good night, everybody. 